Welcome. Welcome to the porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, examining the Word of God, focusing on the Book of Acts Church as our model. And I believe in doing so, we see not only how they serve the Lord, but we find the example that the Lord left for the church. I believe the Book of Acts Church is the foundational model that we should be following. That was the church the Lord intended, not the one that man has created. The porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer and the world-shaking influence that the early church had. We believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire still falls. The porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc. On solomonsporch.org is that main website. If you have any questions, use the site, go go there, use the contact button, or you can go to firefalltalkradio.com, reach out to us that way. Ways to support us, we appreciate each and every one of you that do, especially during this time where some of your finances have become tighter. Give us the Lord leads. That's all we're asking. You can do so via the PayPal donation link at the bottom of the home pages, or We have a new way using the Venmo digital wallet app. If you want to do it that way, um, we get more of what's given. PayPal takes a bunch of fees out. Use it, and um, at firefallmediagroup.com is our uh, Venmo app name. Firefall, capital F, media, capital M, group, capital G. At Firefall Media Group. Whichever one, however you want to do it, if you need to do it the old-fashioned way, reach out to us and we'll let you know how to do that. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site as your main way to hear us and know when we're broadcasting. If you have the Spreaker app, that would that would do it too. We're toying with the idea of uh, just creating our own app, so you'll have a Firefall Talk Radio Spreaker app. But welcome to all of our listeners. We appreciate each and every one of you, whether it's Spreaker, whether it's uh, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you're finding us from, welcome. The Porchlight newsletter went out this week. If you didn't get yours, check your spam folder, or you could just write me and ask for one. One of the things that I mentioned in the newsletter was the idea of a possible online interactive C conference for the summer. Doesn't look like, um, I believe travel will be freed up by then, but. Uh, I don't think it's feasible to try to plan an on-site one unless the Lord drops millions of dollars in our lap, and then we'll just pay for everything. But anyway, we can do it online. I've assigned Firefall Media Group up for Zoom, and we have the capability of doing interactive uh, Bible studies, seminars, and even maybe some prayer nights. We'll we'll see how that plays out. Just what I need, and I need more on my schedule. Um, A new Overwatch was posted this past week. Really in-depth, tying everything together about this China COVID-19 pandemic, how it ties into 5G and what the ultimate end game is. So make sure you are listening for those Overwatch shows, keeping you updated on everything. I posted a meme this week about Henry David Thoreau said, Think for yourself or others will think for you without thinking of you. In this time, I get it. You're watching the talking heads on TV. You're listening to everything that's being said. Think for yourself. Have a mind of your own. And then, you know, see confirmation from the Lord in prayer. This virus is real. Don't listen to those people that tell you it's not. It's real. But it's got an agenda. And unfortunately, we're, we're following the script. But we're going to be fearless, not foolish. We're going to be prepared, not panicked. We're going to be prayerful, not fearful, standing in faith, not running in fear, and praying for his will to be done and his answers to come. Suffolk County, New York, has been deemed the epicenter of the virus. Uh, Greg, our cameraman and uh, uh, a part of the team, lives in Suffolk County, and I have uh, two uncles there, both in their 70s, so they would be um, in danger. So prayers up for all of them. If you are connected with us on Facebook, facebook.com, Supernatural Response Team is the SRT Overwatch page. And, of course, there's a Firefall Talk Radio Facebook page. 
This is the Passover Eve, and it's the first time since the ten plagues of Egypt. Israel is locked down and shut in. I'm sure there's some spiritual meanings there. BreakingIsraelNews.com reports that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and the Interior Minister Arya Derry have agreed for a full nationwide curfew from Passover Eve, which began at sundown Wednesday their time until the morning. You know what I'm, I think, folks? I think it's time, beside the fact that you should honor Passover, not because we need the Passover lamb, we already have it, praying for our brothers and sisters who don't to get it and to acknowledge the price that the Lord paid as the Lamb of God. So we take communion and, and we do things like that. We honor the feast. That's what we do. That's how we ride. doesn't mean you have to. This is a time to seek his favor, his grace, his mercy. For the journey into the promised land, I believe we're on that journey. For some, it's been a journey home. They're, they're not here. They're out of the struggle. They're with the Lord. And for others, it'll be a journey into the promises that you've believed in. So let's praise them. I praise them for my home, my wife, my family, my sons, daughter-in-laws, our grandson who we are missing terribly with this shut-in, lockdown, quarantine, social distancing thing. I praise him for our furry kids, some of you call them pets, and all of our possessions. Everything comes from him. I praise him for his protection over all of us, his ministry, for the dreams and the visions. I, I praise him for his healing virtues. They're still there, folks. Claim them. I praise him to be able to praise him. Make a joyful noise. Crank up the music. Yeah, you're locked in, so dance around the house. If you have a shofar, blow it, whatever it is. Praise him for his favor and revelation. Praise him for being a new creation and living in these prophesied times. He told us this would happen. Praise him for America. Yeah, the, the world is bad and we've got our problems, but I believe this is the best place to be right now with everything that's going on. I praise him for the signs that he's getting ready to return. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, do I really believe that. Let's get ready. We're going to pray now. We're going to pray for the Middle East, Israel, and the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122, verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. That's a part of my daily prayer every day. I pray for America, its leaders, and the citizens, first responders, medical people, everybody that's being pushed to their max during this time of tribulation and testing. And if you think this is bad, just wait till the tribulation happens. I pray for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, the victims of injustice. I pray, I pray for the innocents that have been slaughtered, and I pray against it. I pray for and stand in the gap for missing and exploited children, the victims of sex trafficking, that satanic, disgusting thing which I will be glad when the Lord stumps it. For our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. A lot of religious persecution, anti-Semitism, no matter what they do, it's going to be there because the spirit of the Antichrist knows that this is his time. He's getting ready to come out. First John 4, 3, the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard is coming and is already in the world at this time. I pray for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as we get back to our divine design. That's your prayer every day. Father, in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my body and each and every cell to get back to its divine design, what you ordained for me. Praying for healing in my wife, Deb. Healing for, uh, yeah, a daughter-in-law actually gave a praise report. Her aunt that she asked for prayer last week is better Still in total isolation from the rest of the family. Maybe another two weeks until they confirm that the virus is gone. So that's praise report, prayer request. And everyone who's sick right now, it doesn't just have to be this, this virus. Whatever you're dealing with right now, he is the God that heals. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That has not changed. I pray for his protection over each and every one of us and all that is ours. For inspiration, for the remnant to wake up, rise up, answer the call to action. If you know somebody that you think is a potential remnant person, share these Bible studies with them. Share what we do here on the porch. 
And if you know anybody that's been blessed and can be a blessing, we sure could use it. We pray for doors to open to us, not just for the documentary that we are going to finish, but for everything that we have been called to do, whether it's with Firefall, um, whether it's with the porch, whether it's SRT, whatever it is, we really could use God's blessings in those areas. So pray for us that each and every one of us prosper in accordance with his word, that the open conduits of his blessings to fund all the dreams, all the visions, all the missions, and that once the lockdown is done, we can get highly mobile. Continue to pray for divine favor in the conclusion of legal matters and adversity our family's going through, and finally, of course, always for our lost family members. My wife, Deb, here in Orlando has one prayer request, that this virus, the stay-at-home social distancing thing, be over. Woody in Central Florida has offered up a prayer request for his mother-in-law, who lives with he and his wife. Um, She has breast cancer. She's going in for surgery to have it removed, and they pushed it up to Thursday, tomorrow, which he noticed is the first day of Passover. He told her this, and that symbolically the blood of Jesus can protect you. However, she's praying rosary and other Catholic things, because that's what she is. Um, she said, that's fine, that's where, he said, that's fine, that's where she is right now. My prayer is for healing. After the operation, that guy, doctor, slow down. That God guides the surgeon to get the cancer out completely. Also, that God used this to minister to her, who Jesus is more fully to her and, and in her life. He reminds me, he said, during the C conference, you prophesied to me that God will answer my prayer about my family. My prayer is God will one day have my family saved and in the same faith, all in God's timing. That my wife and her mom do not contract the virus during their stay in the hospital for the couple of days that they're there. Kim in Fort Mitchell. So he starts out with a nice greeting. Hi, Richard. How are you guys? We're fine, she said, trying to stay prayed up and finding new things to do. I know who saved my soul, and I praise you, Father. The enemy's creating too much confusion on top of all this. Hard for me to tell the difference. I have to take this back to where it all started for me one day at a time. I feel grateful for this community and network we have here. Forgive me if I fall short, Father, and deliver me. It's hard not to worry to let anxiety get the best of me. This is a special week for believers all over the world, and to me it has an even deeper meaning with everything going on in the world. I know who saved my soul. Father, please continue to protect my children, my husband, my mother, my brother, his family, and the porch families. Keep our animals safe and heal the land. Hear my prayers, Lord. Father, please, please provide for my children and I in Jesus' name. Well, Father, you are not surprised by any of these things. You know them already even before we bring them up. You know the end from the beginning. Therefore, you already know how things are going to turn out. You're not surprised by any of this. You already know what you're going to do in response, and we trust you. We thank you. We thank you for sending your son to die in our place. Should have been us. And as Israel, your children's, celebrate Passover. Lord, I pray that your children there would suddenly have their eyes opened, that the Lamb of God has already been slain and their sins are already forgiven. They've already been reconciled to you. Lord, we thank you for what you endured on the cross, despising the shame. You let them do that to you. Hung you up on that cross for everybody to see for miles around. Shed every drop of blood died, got laid in a borrowed grave, and rose again on the third day to sit at the right hand of the Father in fullness and power, and then you let us sit with you in the heavenly places. So, Lord, we take we partake of that positional authority right now. We partake of the blessings that come from it, the relationship that comes from it. We thank you for the infilling of the Holy Spirit that you've given to us so that we can live this life in a fallen world, a life of victory, a life of faith, a life of blessings. So, Lord, bless this time, bless the technology, bless everything we're about to say and do here. In Jesus' name, amen.
These lessons are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information the matter presented is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So here we are. We're still talking about the awakened remnant. 14 weeks into this. Be closing it out tonight. But what does awakened mean? Well, it means to wake up, to become aware of something, to cause to wake up, to cause someone to become aware, alert, or enlightened, to stir up or produce like a memory or a feeling. So basically, as it applies to us, it means wake up, become aware, wake up others, Be aware, alert, and enlightened, and stir up things internally. We see that in 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 and 7. And remember, 1 Timothy is about a church that's exploding. 2 Timothy is about a church that's imploding. So beside the fact that Paul is probably on his way to die, he's in prison, he's trying to encourage Timothy to stay the course, not be beaten down by the criticism and the backbiting and everything that goes with the church that's falling apart. 2 Timothy 1, verses 6 and 7. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Amplified of verse 6 is, This is why I would remind you to stir up rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by the means of laying on of my hands and with those of the elders at your ordination. The initiative for keeping the fires of your soul stirred up is upon you. Not upon God, not upon the Holy Spirit, it's upon you. And this applies to all believers, not just Timothy. And Paul's urging Timothy for the fullest use of the spiritual equipment given to him for ministry by the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands. And while he doesn't specify the gift, he uses the Greek word charisma, which suggests the direct manifestation of the Holy Spirit that was bestowed upon Timothy. Spot, folks, the same spirit that raised Yeshua from the dead inside of you. Stop looking for an external manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Stir it up. Maybe you got to praise. Maybe you got to pray. Maybe you have to get on your face. Maybe you have to fast. I don't know. But you need to stir up those embers and you need to keep them burning. That's what Timothy's urged to do to rekindle the gift to rediscover it, to develop it, to deploy it as a blazing fire within us. That's the constant struggle of believers in a fallen world, to be diligent about those things, to be diligent about our relationship with the Lord and not to slow down or slacken our pace in this race, this warfare. That's, what, what, that's why we're here, to encourage one another. That's why I do this, to, to keep you encouraged. Not that you're dependent upon me or dependent upon somebody else, but that you, through the Holy Spirit in you, through your relationship with the Lord, have what you need. And we need to make a conscious effort to exercise those gifts. You know, the best way of learning about the gifts is to use them. Oh, you can read, you can watch videos, you can go to seminars, But the best teacher is using them. That's what Paul's encouraging his spiritual son to do. Use your gifts. He's strengthening his loyalty to the Messiah in the face of suffering and the persecution that would come and was already there. Folks, we are suffering. We are being persecuted. Maybe not so much in America. It's subtle. But the rest of the world, it's pretty overt. And and Paul is challenging Timothy to handle the word of God accurately, faithfully, and to instruct others in the faith. Boy, do we need some real teachers right now. We need some real shepherds. 
we've had enough with hirelings and, and people preaching the gospel for personal gain. Because even then, they were in a time of apostasy and, and people were falling away and they were, they were just doing things with the word they shouldn't be doing. And the final advice that Paul has for Timothy before he checks out is preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. That was Paul's mission, to preach the gospel to the unsaved, whether it was a Jew or Gentile. And he was passing that on to his spiritual son before his death. Well, folks, I'm calling you to preach the gospel. Not man, not denominations, not tradition, not buildings, not organizations. I'm calling you to preach the gospel, the good news. Even if all you know is John 3.16, even if all you know is what he did for you, you don't have to be a Bible scholar, you don't have to be ordained, you don't have to be any of those things. That was man. Man did that through the influence of Hasatan to slow things down and to constrict the free flow of the Spirit. Back in 1 Timothy 1.18, Paul said, I charge, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you wage the good warfare. The Holy Spirit fullness, the gifts, the enabling power, the dunamis, all about one thing. It's all about the service to the kingdom of God. So this awakened, this awakening thing, make it personal. Remember I said we, it has to become personal? Let's take that a little deeper. What if it means that the Holy Spirit in you, in God's creative design for you, becomes activated? Yeah, you see those science fiction movies, those horror movies where, where the person is normal and suddenly something inside of him becomes activated and they become a monster, a mutant, an alien, or whatever. What about the other side of that? What about somebody walking along Lottie Day, everyday life, a cashier, uh, you know, a doctor, a dentist, a lawyer, Walmart stock person, whatever, and all of a sudden, boom, they're awakened to being a powerful Spirit-filled, tongue-talking, demon-chasing, heaven-praising believer. They're suddenly activated for the end times. Boy, I think we really need some of that. We need some people to wake up. We need to be able to go over to people and just find that reset button and turn them on. Romans thirteen eleven, and do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of our sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. I'm ready. I'm jacked up, folks. Because, uh, you know, staying at home is not a big thing for me. I do that. I'm a solitary person. I like my, my sanctuary, my fortress. I like spending time with the Lord. But now even more so, now I can't go to the gym. Now going to the store is like an adventure with a mask, which on a beard is not real comfortable and probably doesn't look very good. Um, you're bundled up, you have gloves on in which you're sweating, all because of a virus that somebody stitched together somewhere to do exactly what it's doing. But we, we're, we're called to play by the rules, and I'm playing by the rules. But I'm ready. I'm ready to break out. I'm ready to go set the captives free. I'm ready to take the lamb out of the lion's mouth and pull it by its beard, maybe get a couple of headshots in at the same time. How dare you take that lamb? Ephesians 5, 8 through 14. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. That's our motto. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which were done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed, as we're seeing right now, are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Messiah will give you light. So to be remnant ready, you need to be awakened from spiritual sleep into a new walk with him. 
No dead religion, no cold external form and formality, a vibrant, dynamic relationship with the living God, the dunamis inside of us bursting out into a dark world. But see, what we're talking about here is we are in a war, and there is a resistance against the things of God and the kingdom of God just as much as we resist those things. That's why he gave us this authority in Matthew 28, 18 and 19. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All authority, all power of rule in heaven and on earth is given to him, and he has delegated it to us. Heavenly authority, earthly authority. Go. Depart, proceed under that authority, that dunamis, that exousia, the power, the authority, and the jurisdiction. I don't care what shape you're in. I mean, you should care what shape you're in, but I don't care what shape you're in. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, how educated you are. Inside of you is what I just described. Go do something with it. The early church understood that. They understood warfare. They understood a struggle with these powers. But for some reason, we've been told by contemporary teachers, it's not important. Really? How's that working out for us? We're in a warfare resistance, both natural and spiritual. It's both by us and against us. So finally, my brethren and sisters, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. And Paul was, at that point, an ambassador in chains. You're in a war. If you read my book, The Supernatural Battle, it starts out with a quote from the movie The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. When Aragon's and they're trying to get King Theoden to get involved in what's going on, he says, I will not risk open war. And Aragorn says, open war is upon you whether you would risk it or not. War's not coming, folks. It's here. We're beginning to see things in the natural that, part, that are what's going on in the spiritual. We're beginning to see things with our eyes that we've been hearing about, that I've been talking about since 2010. It's now happening. We are wrestling with things out of the realm of our understanding. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. They want to enslave you. They want to shut you down. They want to destroy the family structure. They want to destroy your physical body. They want to subject you. And at some point, they want you to take the mark of the beast. Eh, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not here. See, the truth, the belt of truth, the truth of his word and his nature, the spirit of truth is what holds that armor together. And then the breastplate that the Romans had, which which covered the body so that the back of the uh, the uh, Roman soldier was also protected. They, they pulled it over the top of their head, and then the belt held both front and back together. It was made both of hard leather and metal mixed together. That breastplate of righteousness 
It's the practical, righteous character that we as believers should have. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The armor is about war, but war is about obtaining and enforcing peace. See, we are, we are a subjecting army. At least we should have been. When, when, when SRT, when we go out there to do what we do, we're not looking to win a battle. We're looking to enforce one that's already been won against an enemy that refuses to submit and needs to be subjected, needs to be shut down. We're doing it from a position of authority and victory. And then on your feet, the preparation, the, the, the firm-footed stability, the promptness, the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. You should be ready. You should be prepared. You should be ever standing ready to give an account for why you believe what you believe. It's a gospel that makes peace, that gives peace. You think you know some people that could use peace right now? And the Roman soldiers had these sandals with studs on them that they could dig their heels and they could hold their position when having done all they could stand. The gospel is the firm foundation of who we are as believers and as who we are as soldiers for the Lord. The readiness to preach the good news of peace. Isaiah 52, 7, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Remember the angel shows up in Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, to the shepherds, and suddenly there was an angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts with him, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards man. You know, that wasn't just the, the announcement of the birth of the Messiah. That was an announcement to the fallen. That was an announcement to the, their demonic offspring and to all the powers and principalities that we've been talking about. It was basically... A foreclosure notice on their business. Peace. That was his mission. And that's his mandate to us. We need to stand in it. We need to bring it. See, he supplies it and we apply it. Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Messiah Yeshua. Stand in peace. Stop being fearful. Stop being afraid. Stop looking for a back door and a place to retreat to. Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Lifting over all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked ones. Above all. That shield is to be used against anything. And I also think above all means we do it together. You know, the Roman soldiers could create a wall where the front guys would have their shields in front, the middle, second row would have the shields over their heads, and the third row, would, they'd be keep going backward, and the last row would have the shields behind them, and they would create this protected shield. We need some of that. We need to stand with one another. When I pray and intercede for everybody on my list, and it seems to grow, especially during this time, that's what I'm doing. I'm setting up a shield. He is a shield about us, the glory and the lifter of our head. Let's stand together. Let's get through this together. Let's glorify him together. And we have to do it. You see, the Roman soldier's shield, not the, the round um um, gladiator type one which they fought in close quarter combat this is different this is where we're together it was about two and a half feet by four feet and it was wrapped in leather soaked in water so that when the uh, 
flaming arrows from the other side would hit it, it would go out. They were fireproof. Folks were fireproof. Doesn't matter what the enemy says. Doesn't matter what he does. Doesn't matter what accusations or things he flings at you. Be fireproof. No assault of Hasatan. No assault of the fallen. No assault of their demonic offspring is going to penetrate that. And just think, you've got people standing in front of you, like me or maybe the other members of SRT or whoever your leadership is. Hopefully that's what they're doing. You got people standing beside you. You got people standing behind you. We're in this together. This is why I have such a disdain and a disgust for hirelings and fakes in the pulpit who take the paycheck, take the accolades, hold the microphone, stand in the spotlights, and then go home and do none of the things shepherds are supposed to do. Satan's a madman who throws firebrands and arrows and death, Proverbs twenty six eighteen. He's a madman. He's crazy. They're all crazy. You can't reason with them. You can't expect them to be reasonable. They're nuts. Pathological. Uh, they're just gone. When they fell, beside everything else, they, they lost that ability to have reason. I mean, I mean, let's face it, the Armageddon's going on, they're battling with one another, everybody's battling with each other, the Lord splits the sky, and they turn their weapons on him. I mean, how bright can you be to do that? Matthew twenty six forty one. watch and pray, lest any of you enter temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak, and boy, that's the danger, that's what you're guarding against, your flesh. How many of you right now? are dealing with the thoughts, the stray thoughts, the thoughts of condemnation, the thoughts of failure, the thoughts of fear. Oh, I'm never going to be able to pay my bills. I'm never going to get another job. My job's going to be gone. How many of you <coughs> are not guarding your mind? Throwing up that shield of faith, greater is he that is in me than he that is against me. I know who my daddy is. I know who my Lord is. So you have this breastplate, you have this armor, it's guarding your heart to secure your faith and it empowers your sure footing. And you know what? At this point, you should know your enemy. You really should. You should understand his schemes, his tricks. He will always follow the same pattern with you. He will always push the same buttons. I don't know if it's because he's not real original. I don't know if it's because he's been restricted, but or he just knows what works. One unseen enemy a lot of you deal with is your past. You can't seem to accept the fact that you're forgiven. I'm going to tell you right now, you can't battle with your past. You just can't. You have to let it go. You have to let go of the condemnation of the enemy. You have to let go of the condemnation of the world who doesn't understand who you are. And you even have to let go of the condemnation of yourself. When you're reminded of your past, then you need to remind, whether it's yourself or the enemy, I'm not that person anymore. I'm born again. That person doesn't exist. I had to. The enemy would consistently remind me of everything I had done, from walking out of my family, the damage done, to my children, to everything I'd said or done, sleeping in a bed full of crystals, doing all the things that I should have been hit with a lightning bolt for. But, nope, sorry, sorry, spirit, sorry, Satan. That guy doesn't exist anymore. He died on October 8th, October 9th, rather, 1988. He died, gone, doesn't exist. Not even a memory. The further I get away from my date of being saved, the less I can remember what happened before it, unless it was, you know, important life things. I don't I don't remember a lot of that time. Condemnation is the enemy's tool. It's his attack. Go with me to John chapter three, starting verse sixteen. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Remember, this is Red Letter Basics. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. People condemn themselves. John 5.29 talks about the resurrection of condemnation for those who will stand before him and be judged by the law, a condemnation that Adam placed upon humanity, one that was wiped out on the cross. Condemnation is a warfare tactic of the enemy. Don't accept the invitation. Turn it away. Throw up that shield. Jude, it would say chapter 1, but Jude is only one chapter, verses 3 and 4. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I find it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have creeped in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny our only Lord God and our Lord Jesus the Messiah. These people, these false preachers, these false teachers, these people are under the influence of the kingdom of darkness they crept in stealthily they they gained entrance by a side door and their doom was predicted long ago ungodly profane people who pervert the grace the spiritual blessings and favor of our heavenly father into lawlessness and wantonness and immorality and disown and deny our soul master and lord jesus the messiah the anointed one You must know, you must accept, and you must live in the freedom. You're free. To whom the Son has set free is free indeed. You cannot doubt it. You can't listen to the questions of the enemy. You can't listen to your friends and your family who try to point you back to that. No. If he's your Lord and Savior, the scriptures of condemnation do not apply to you. But that means taking your thoughts captive to not receive the deception of the enemy. And that's where the helmet of salvation comes in. And the sword of the Spirit enforces it, which is the Word of God. See, the Roman helmet that protected their head was so vital. I mean, you could have everything else on, take a shot to the head, and you're down. Kill the head, the body dies. Protect your mind. With the, with the assurance that God has indeed saved you and given eternal life to all those who believe in Messiah. But you have to take the helmet and put it on. First Thessalonians 5.8 But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet the hope of salvation. Here's some warfare stuff. The mind is the starting point of all war and all strategy. And warfare may end here as well if your mind is not sound or secure in him. In the heat of battle, the mind tends to lose its balance. You know, a lot of people, if you've never been in, a, in one of those situations, I know I've mentioned it, of being in a security situation, in a riot breaking out, chaos breaking out, you, you don't have time to think. You have to act instinctively. If you stop and think or start looking at what's going on around you, you lose your balance. You become unstable. It's vital that you keep your presence of mind, that you maintain your spiritual, mental control, no matter what the circumstances are, especially with what's going on right now. You sit around all day watching TV and watch the the things that they're telling you, most of which aren't true, by the way. If you listen to the last Overwatch, you'll learn how much of it's not true. The minute you accept that in, you lose hope. 
everything becomes dark. You need to make your mind tougher. And part of that's by exposing it to adversity and overcoming that adversity. In the, in the process, you learn to detach yourself from the chaos of the battlefield. But here's what it comes down to. He supplies and we apply by following his example. Isaiah fifty nine seventeen. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Guard your mind with the same diligence you guard your heart. Some of you I get to interact with pretty regularly, and I'll state your battles in your mind. That's where you lose your footing. Romans 8, starting with verse 5, Amplified Version. For those who are according to the flesh and controlled by its unholy desires set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit are controlled by the desires of the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit, set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that compromises all, that comprises, I'm sorry, comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forever. That Greek combination of words, set their minds, includes a person's will, thoughts, and emotions. It includes assumptions, values, desires, and purposes. Setting the minds on the things of the flesh will get a fleshly reaction. You set your mind on the things of the Spirit, and you'll be oriented to and governed by the Holy Spirit, not by your natural eyes, not by the the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. You're not going to be deceived by greed. You're not going to be deceived by self-promotion or vanity or having your name on things. You know, I say this every time when people see that my name's not on any of the things that I do. And I tell them, first of all, there's only one name that matters. His. I work for him. It's his ministry. I think the minute you put your name on what you're doing, you've already begun to separate yourself from him. You've begun into the dangerous area of self-promotion. I don't believe that's the Holy Spirit. But peace is the resolution of the intense warfare that we're talking about. It's an inward harmony and tranquility that only comes from yielding and submission to God. Peace and warfare keeps you running from being afraid. It just keeps you from running. What does it do? It helps you to stand. So when it says take up, it's a choice. It's a specific motion. Take up the sword of the Spirit. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Two-edged swords. If you know me, you know that since I was a child, um, maybe because I'm Sicilian, I don't know. I hate to be uh, to be that way, but it could be. Maybe it's genetic. I don't know. I've had a fascination with blades. I think I started carrying my first knife when, when I was 10. I have swords in multiple rooms in this house. There's two in the room I'm in right now. Two-edged swords are very unique. See, they cut on the way in, and they also cut on the way out, and they don't allow the womb to close. Sword, Two-edged swords, it doesn't matter whether you swing them up or down, they cut. Side to side, they cut. We'll cut and separate the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, the thoughts and intents of the heart. See, that's what the Word does. But you know what? It can also cut you as well as your opponent. 
doesn't matter how good you are with a blade or a sword, you're going to get cut. A double-edged sword has positive and negative effects. It can work in your favor or it could work against you. And the amazing thing about the word, you can use it to cut somebody else, but it's cutting you at the same time. So be conscious of that. When you swing that word, when you swing that sword, whether at the enemy or at people, it can cut you just as well. But it's the only offensive weapon in the armor of God. It's very specific. It's for warfare and protection and doing the things of God. He even told them before he left, you know, get a sword. They found two, and he said, that's enough. But he said, get one. David understood warfare. He understood it from both the spiritual and a natural perspective. A uh, battle song that he wrote, Psalm 144, verse 1 says, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Some believe that uh, it, his army may have chanted these hymns. I think 141 and one through 144 are battle hymns. As they went into battle and after victory, maybe they sang them in praise. The Lord is my rock. He's a fortress. He's my strength. David understood the Lord's protection and what he needed in times of battle. And David honored God in all the battles in his life. He made mistakes. Oh boy, did he make mistakes. But he always repented. And God always forgave him because of it was the heart. See, when it comes to whether the sword of the spirit or natural swords are both together, he imparts the skill. He imparts the dexterity that, that gives you the ability to confront the enemy. The Lord is your rock. He's your loving kindness. He's your fortress. He's your high tower. He's your deliverer. He's your shield. He's your refuge. And he is your victory. That two-edged sword, the logos and the rhema, the living and the written, the word that will heal you, will enlighten you. Remember, be awakened. It will empower you. It also will expose you. And that same two-edged sword destroys Hasatan and the kingdom of darkness, destroys and judges humanity. That's not his intent. He loves his creation, but some have chosen condemnation. Get this word inside of you because enemy shows up in your room, shows up in your house. And folks, when 5G goes into effect and we're years away from it. Don't don't let those videos that are out there right now scare you on the upcoming Overwatch. I'm going to deal with 5G technology exclusively. But it's not there yet. We're two to three years, maybe five years away from full 5G. But when it does, the enemy's going to have a whole lot of power to become manifest, to maybe even become corporeal. I don't know. Maybe that'll become their virtual reality moment. But that word in you will defend you. It will sustain you. It will guide you. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Warfare resistance. That's what we are. We're in the resistance phase as we close out the armor. We didn't talk about the prayer that Paul talks about. We'll talk about that next time. Because prayer is so vital, it has to have its own moment. But warfare is what we're involved in. This is not our home. We don't live here. We get to leave. And then when we come back with him, we get to rule and reign for a thousand years while everybody else on the earth lives a life. But it's warfare. It's against an enemy that refuses to submit, an enemy that blasphemes my father, an enemy that resists the things of God and kills my brothers and sisters. You don't have to tell me to run to the battle. I don't run from anything, but when it comes to those things, I'm running toward it. I, I, I understand the fire that David had in him when he ran towards Goliath. How dare you defy the living God? How dare you defy my heavenly Father? Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called. Confess the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 
1 Timothy 6.12. Our war is with the flesh, the world, and the devil. Our war is with ourselves sometimes in our mind. But guess what? Here's good news for you. It's a war that's been already won on Calvary. We're just on mop-up duty. Father, I come to you in the name of your Son. I pray that the Spirit explains this, embeds this, imprints this on your children. I pray right now the power of the Holy Spirit inside of them stirs up that fire, stirs up the embers, brings forth the memories of when you rescued them, takes away the fear and the doubt, everything that's being spoken out there. Father, we just declare and decree that you're not only greater than this man-made bioweapon, you're greater than the people that did it. You're greater than the plans behind it. You're greater than the schemers who scheme evil things. You're greater than them all. You're bringing them out to the open. You've hooked them by their jaw and you're pulling them into their own pit. We thank you that on the other side of this, we're going to enter the promised land. We're going to live out the blessings. We're going to live out the promises. We're going to shine. doesn't matter how dark the world gets. We're going to glow brighter. That spirit inside of us has now been stirred up. It's being stirred up. We are awakened, Lord. We are inspired. We love you. We thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the healings and the miracles that are coming. We thank you for the testimonies. We thank you for the salvations. We thank you right now, Lord, right now, somebody who's crying out to you, right now, somebody who needs deliverance, right now who needs the chains broken, that you are shattering the chains. You're smashing the locks so the people can't put them back on. No more. Melt them, Lord, by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Just melt them. Set them free, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Set them free. We thank you, Lord, that for what you had to do for us to just be able to receive this and learn this. And your Holy Spirit here to encourage us and guide us, run alongside of us and tell us, don't quit, keep going. It's coming. It's imminent. It's just on the other side of that rise. Keep running. So we're going to run. We're going to run. We're going to run and not grow weary. We're going to walk and not faint. We're going to rise up with wings as eagles. We're going to soar above the clouds. We're going to soar above the storm. And we're going to give hope to somebody that's been grounded by the enemy, grounded by pain, grounded by doubt. And then they're going to do the same. So we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this armor. We thank you for the blood. We just thank you. And I just pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. You know, folks, if you have to listen to this second again, do it. Do it again. Listen to it again. Take notes. Share it with people. No more time for games. No more time for games. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.